folks? You like blood, violence, freaks of nature? On a stormy Halloween night, four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave it right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as Dr. Satan. You know anything about the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. Dr. Satan! Ah, Dr. Satan! What they uncovered. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. From director Rob Zombie comes a journey into hell. This can't be real, this can't be real, this can't be real. House of a Thousand Corpses. Hope you like what you see! Hi, this is Brandon Ford, and welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast, the podcast where I do commentaries for movies I've never seen. This week, we are diving into a movie by a master of cinema, a true auteur known as Rob Zombie, and his debut feature, House of 1,000 Corpses. And what a ride it's going to be. So strap yourselves on in. But before we get into that, I thought I'd talk a little bit about some of my more recent viewings because I'm always trying to find movies to dedicate to the podcast. And honestly, I think that it has taken place of my reading. I'm really not too happy with myself because I have not dedicated anywhere near as much time to literature as I have to cinema. And I think the podcast has been the cause of that. And it was never my intention to substitute one for the other, so... I guess I just got to learn to balance things out a little bit more. But nevertheless, in my never-ending quest... Nevertheless, in my never-ending quest to find suitable material for the podcast, I've still been wading through a lot of clunkers. One of the more recent was Above Us lives evil a movie one of those kinds of movies that's so bad that it makes you angry because the acting is piss poor the writing is subpar the story is derivative cliched 
And it's almost as if nobody knew what they were doing. And it felt like a rush job. It was like 72 minutes, give or take. Felt like 720, but very unsatisfying. Ending just all around bad and not something I plan on revisiting. A movie that I watched recently that I really enjoyed was called Rachel Gets Strange. And I caught it on Tubi and it's called Rachel Gets Strange there. And it is said to have been released in 2020. But when I did a Google search for it, it appears to be called Dick Knight and says to have been released in 2011. So I don't know what's what with that one. Nevertheless, it was pretty funny. It was what I thought to be a horror comedy, but it was more comedy than horror. Nevertheless, it was really good. I really liked it. It uh, had a lot of quirky dialogue. A lot of really funny performances. A lot of very quirky characters, which made for a good time. So if you can find it under Rachel Gets Strange or Dick Knight, I suggest you give it a shot. Another movie that I really enjoyed, which was a very small film that was a thriller and was very dialogue driven which helps me because when there's a lot of exposition in the dialogue it's not really necessary for me to um, look up the plot summary because I'm able to follow it a little bit better but it was from 2014 this movie called Favor and it was about two friends who were kind of estranged. They'd known each other since grade school. One comes to the other and asks for help with a problem. He says, you know, I know we haven't spoken, but I need to know, are you my friend? And if so, will you help me do something? And the guy says, sure, of course. Okay, great. I need you to help me to get rid of a dead body. So, of course, friend number one is indebted to friend number two. And friend number two wants all kinds of favors in return and begins stalking friend number one shortly after the fact. And the whole time I was watching it, I kept thinking, this reminds me of something. It's very, it's very similar to something, but I couldn't think of what it was. And then it hit me, strangers on a train. And while the stories aren't exactly the same, there is a very, there are, there is a definite correlation between the two films. That doesn't take anything away from favor, necessarily. I still think it was pretty good. Although the ending could have used a little more exposition because I didn't quite 
follow exactly what happened, but nevertheless, I enjoyed it. Let's see, what else have I caught recently? I tried to watch The Dinner Party from 2020. That was god-awful. And it uh, was pretty predictable. And I think that with some very... Insufferable performances uh, by some actors I've never even heard of and some characters who were, as one reviewer on IMDb put it so eloquently, they were less characters and more caricatures. And that's exactly exactly on the mark and I mean you can tell you can tell that something where this is going to go straight from the first scene and unfortunately it's got a running time of just under two hours so yeah that made for quite the chore but I, I couldn't get through it, so I got halfway before I couldn't take it anymore. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned this one already, but caught Deathgasm, Australian. It's either Australian or uh, Kiwi horror comedy. That was fun. I enjoyed that one. And uh, what else do we have? We have... Creep Band, another horror comedy, and The Black Box, which was a movie that I caught on uh, Audio Vault. So, one of few, one of the few movies that I watched recently with actual audio description. So, there was nothing to write home about; just a generic, run-of-the-mill thriller. So, yeah, those are, those are my recent viewings, and, uh, so, I guess, uh, yeah, that's about it. I haven't discovered any new music, like I said, I haven't been reading any books, I don't have any breaking news, um... But, as always, I want to encourage you to please visit my Amazon author page uh, by going to Amazon.com, typing in Brandon Ford under the book section. You can find my books available in paperback and Kindle editions. I'm also on Audible. Just go to your Audible app and type in Brandon Ford. Um... Most importantly, I would really like to encourage you to check out my most recent work, The Mystery of Kelly Christopher, which came out in December of 2020. And the audio version is soon to be released, along with the audio version of my latest collection, Progressive Entrapment. Um... 
Yeah, other than that, I've been more active on Instagram, so if you want to follow me there, you can find me at writer Brandon Ford. I'm still not paying much attention to Twitter because Twitter doesn't pay much attention to me. So after a while, posting things that nobody responds to gets to be a little tedious. So, yeah, there's that, but... Yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, writer Brandon Ford. If you want to contact me directly with any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, recommendations, you can reach me at um, blindragepod81 at gmail.com. Once again, that's blindragepod81 at gmail.com reply is guaranteed so I guess that's about it let's get into the movie for those of you who are new to the podcast we begin with a 10 count and if you so choose to watch along you can start it at the conclusion of said 10 count and just have your movie queued up and it'll be good to go So, let's get into Rob Zombie's 2003 (laughs) classic, House of a Thousand Corpses. Ten, nine, eight, seven... Six, five, four, three, two, one. I'm listening to the audio described version of the movie, which should work out fine because it is the exact same running time as the DVD audio, which is 88 minutes, 52 seconds. All right, I... I've been pretty vocal, or verbal, whatever, both, about my distaste for Rob Zombie movies. I think they're garbage. I think he's a talentless hack. And I haven't been shy about saying so. And whenever I do, people generally say, yeah, his movies are bad, but I like The Devil's Rejects. Fuck The Devil's Rejects. I think he was garbage too. I don't understand how anybody... I actually found that one to be more painful to watch than this movie. But, uh... Getting out of myself here. There's Captain Spaulding, which seems to be everybody's favorite character in the trilogy of films. Um, I I remember that when I first heard about this movie and that Rob Zombie would be directing, I was 
I was actually excited because I figured that, you know, since he's into metal, he's probably a fan of horror. He will probably um, deliver a decent film. And all I kept doing was comparing it to, or comparing the situation to Strangeland, written and directed by, or no, written and produced and starring. Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister, a movie that I love and I think is one of the most underrated horror movies of the 90s. And I thought, I remember thinking, oh, cool, maybe this will be a trend. Maybe, you know, um, I can't do nothing with this. Hard rockers will start making actual good horror movies because, you know, at that time, it was just a bunch of screen self aware bullshit. And I don't know why, I I couldn't for the life of me remember why I thought that because the movie came out in 2003. You know what his favorite and then thing I was is just doing some research and realized that and the movie what? was shot in 2000 I think, I, re- I do remember that eyeball. there was uh, some buzz about that. it and I did follow the, uh, the news on the fanboy site. This scene makes no fucking sense because Michael J. Pollard's character, who will always be Herman to me from Sleepaway Camp 3. Funnily enough, sidebar, sidebar to the sidebar, Herman, Herman's character in Sleepaway Camp 3, Herman and his wife Lily were named after the monsters. And you do see the monsters on TV later in the movie. But yeah, he's telling the story about this guy who is cognitively challenged who um, inserts a pencil into his eye socket and Captain Spaulding says he probably puts that pencil someplace else insinuating that he inserts it into his rectum and Michael J. Pollard says no he doesn't do anything like that and then he starts talking about how he had to go to the hospital because he had an action figure a dollar or something stuck up his ass so that makes no sense but yeah I I thought that it would be a trend that because um, people who or you know uh, hard rockers have a sensibility to the genre they tend to like horror movies they tend to like darker media that you know there would be more it would be a return to grittier type films um and horror wouldn't be as polished as it was in the mid to late 90s because you know everything had to be sleek and slick and have witty um dialogue which um People in movies like Scream uh, and Kevin Williams bullshit, uh, 
They don't talk like that. Uh, they're not. It's not real. Ballistic. Anyway, um. So yeah, I was actually championing for this movie. And on Arrow in the Head, uh, they had a, uh, a voting. I don't know if it was Rob Zombie himself. Uh, who set it up? I think it might have might have been. But Most of all, fuck you. they had three uh, uh, mock-ups of the poster for the movie. And they wanted the fans to vote on which one they liked the most. And, of course, the one that I selected did not get chosen. The one that did get chosen was actually the one that I liked the least. I hate that cover. I just think it's hideous. And I was very disappointed when that one got selected. I remember the same thing happened when Night of the Creeps finally came out on, on Blu-ray. And they had three different, uh, three different covers. But it was actually three different variations of the same cover. And I didn't like any of them. I wanted the original artwork. Uh, or the original video artwork with the zombie uh, breaking through the uh, plate glass door. With that typeface, but it takes have that and I don't like that cover but anyway so I got to see I didn't go see A Thousand Corpses in theaters so I think it only had a limited release when it came out I saw it on video well I didn't rent it uh, somebody made me a copy video and I watched it on video and I I remember watching it and trying I believe what I was trying to do was convince myself that it was good that I liked it but I wasn't exactly sure how I felt by the time the movie ended but I know it wasn't what I thought it was going to be and then a week or two later, a friend of a friend had been wanting to see it. And she asked me that, she asked that I bring the video over. And we all uh, watched it, the three of us. And I began to realize that this was not a good movie. And it, it actually it took some mulling over on my part. It was, it was a while because I was in such deep denial about this movie because I really wanted to like it. And it was a while before I was able to admit to myself that it's not good. And I think that what really solidified those feelings for me was when I saw The Devil's Rejects and I realized that Rob Zombie is a terrible, terrible writer 
and his characters all sound the same. His dialogue is infantile. And so there was that, and I remember seeing uh, back way back when so, uh, Walmart used to have their they used to have their five dollar or five fifty um, bin of DVDs, and they also had the other section with the DVDs that were seven fifty and. 944. I don't know why the fuck I remember that. But I remember it was a 750 on, disc. And I remember looking at it and thinking, eh, it really wasn't good. So I'm going to pass on that. And then I never saw it again. Um, I'm pre- pretty sure I didn't watch it again after that night that I watched it with those friends of mine. So, Excuse me. I really didn't remember much of anything about this Love movie. This <laughs> the only thing I remembered well, was Sherry Moon's try. horrific acting. The opening scene with the fuck your grandmama bullshit. And the last scene with Otis in the back of the... You mean John Wayne? Convertible. These are the only moments, really, that I remembered about the movie. So, when I got the audio-described version, it was kind of like seeing it for the first time to me a bit. Uh, And... One thing that I immediately oh, noticed, were, well, noticed probably within the first uh, 15, 20 minutes, is not every other word is fuck, which I was pretty sure it was, because every other word is fuck in, I'm pretty sure all of the other movies written and directed by Rob Zombie are, in particular, Halloween. Which is horribly written. By the way, I'm, and I will believe, believe me, I will talk about Halloween. I will talk about other Rob Zombie catastrophes during this commentary because I don't plan on doing any other Rob Zombie movies ever. And I think I wanted to do this one because, hey, I'm too nice with a lot of these movies. Because I pick movies that I enjoy. So I don't necessarily want to pick movies just so I can shit on them. Because this isn't supposed to be, and B-Movie Bonanza was never supposed to be a Mr. Science Theater 3000 type commentary. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't pick stuff just to mock it. I picked it because I liked it and because I wanted to, um, create awareness, I guess, for some of the more obscure movies that I enjoy. And I, um, it did, it did end up becoming somewhat of a Mystery Science Theater 3000 when I started making fun of movies like Demented and uh, The Last Lumber Party on uh, but yeah so 
infamous Albert. Oh yeah, Halloween. Um, yeah, M movies horribly written. Every other word is fuck. And uh, Rob can't say the, wo the word Halloween. He says Halloween. It's not Halloween. It's Halloween. And as poorly written as Halloween is, I remember him going on The Tonight Show or some, some top late night talk show to promote the movie. And he was comparing his dialogue for Dr. Loomis to the dialogue written in the original Halloween. Halloween. And I remember him calling it nonsense. I remember, I remember him saying something along the lines of Dr. Loomis would talk about Michael's past or some such nonsense. It's some, something like that. And I took umbrage with that because, yeah, somebody who is as bad a writer as Rob Zombie is looking down his nose at somebody else's in particular somebody else's dialogue is laughable to me and I do remember that there were some reports too when Halloween was in production and the um there, there, there was um, a lot of dribs and drabs as far as the movie's production was concerned. A lot of um, information leaking. And the screenplay leaked. And somebody wrote a pretty in-depth review on what they'd read. And I remember... One of the things that was mentioned in this review for the screenplay of Halloween was that there was at least one to two typos on every page, literally every page, which is pathetic. But anyway, back to House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, I remember too being pretty surprised to see Chris Hardwick because by the time this came out, he was gone. Singled Out was long over and I essentially forgot about him. And I was like, oh shit, Chris Hardwick. What do you mean it was alright? Oh, and by the way, too, I wanted to mention that I don't get the scene or how this plays out with uh, the shootout in Captain Spaulding's whatever fried chicken and freak show, whatever the fuck it is. They have this giant bloodbath in there, which happens at night. And then we get the arrival of the four um, main cast members. And everything's like clean. Well, I forgot to tell you Where are the bodies? Where did they go? I don't, I don't get so that. And it's early, too, when they your get there. It's like 7 o'clock. Right so, yeah, okay. Um, 
somebody really wasn't thinking hard too much. And Jennifer Justin was another actress or another person in the movie who I thought had disappeared. I'd seen her in Milo, which I think was my second, which is the second episode of the Blind Rage podcast. And that was 97, 98. I never saw her in anything else after that. So I was surprised to see her. So, okay, I'm going. I'm going to admit something. Only admitting this because I'm an honest kind of guy. That did not sound like me at all. I don't know who the fuck I was doing. But. I watched this last night, or I listened to the audio described version last night because I always like to, if it's something that I'm not very familiar with, or familiar with at all, I like to watch or listen to it at least once, because this is supposed to be, you know, a commentary podcast for movies that are fairly new to me, and... I don't want to so, uh, experience them during the course of the recording. Because a lot of the time, I don't know what's happening and I have to go into research. Uh, especially if it's something with... Oh God, Cherry Moon, she, she is so bad. It's pathetic. Um, and, uh... Yeah, um, what was I saying? Yeah, so I watched it. I watched it last night. I am embarrassed to admit that while the movie is not good at all, it wasn't as bad as I remember it being. And I remember being. I was shocked when I came to that realization. However, I did not see the movie visually. I only listened to it, and I listened to the narration. So I think that might have had something to do with it. I think if I had actually watched it or been able to see it, I'd probably have the reaction. I mean, this is a fucking large zombie movie. But I thought that this was going to be an awful chore to sit through. And at times it is, believe me. But It, um... Something that I did, did stand out a lot. Um, more so than uh, I remember were all of the... Uh, that laugh. It's putrid. Um, one thing that stood out to me more than I remember were all of the moments that were clearly ripped off of the, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I remember writing that on a message board around the time that uh, the movie came out. 
and I saw it, and I mentioned style. that, you know, it really is a ripoff of Chainsaw. And somebody responded to my comment in big block letters, capital letters, homage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's a fine line between ripoff and homage or homage and ripoff. Um, if it's an homage, it's supposed to be subtle. It's not supposed to be so in your fucking face. You're not supposed to spot it right away. But yeah, this is such a fucking ripoff of Chainsaw. And it's a ripoff of a plethora of other movies that have come before it, much like Scream is. And a lot of people say that's an homage. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, moments that in the movie that are ripoffs of Chainsaw, I think, is at at the uh, top of the list of the movies it ripped off. But, you know, it also ripped off Spider-Baby and a lot of older horror movies from the 30s and 40s, which Rob has a particular likeness for. So. Is your brother ready to go? Oh, yeah, he already left. Come on, inside. I don't get that. She go, he, he was outside for about three seconds waiting for her and uh, she comes back and says her brother already left. Where the fuck, first of all, did he leave at the back? And did he know where to go? How long did she talk to him? That was way, 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 way too fast. And then you have scenes that go on way too long. For, and you can tell it's for artistic or an attempt at being artistic. I was looking at the trivia page on IMDb about the movie because I wanted to see if there were some things that um, were worth mentioning. And I was very surprised because Rob does not seem like a very honest person. But, and it's known, it is known among the horror community and among the fanboys that he, he tends to bullshit a lot about stuff. He flip-flops, too, on things. His, his, his stories will change. But I was surprised to see that there was a quote from him saying that he doesn't really like this movie and when he watches it all he sees is flaw after flaw after flaw after flaw and okay at least he's honest there because this is a deeply deeply flawed movie even in just its audio version must have been going pretty fast to smash to that wall You sure are. I never understood that line. What the fuck does that mean? You sure are silly with a, for a guy with glasses. People who wear glasses don't have senses of humor. I don't get that. And I, when I watched this last night and she gave him the cocoa, 
I really, because I'd forgotten so much about the script, I really, really thought that he was going to, because Rob is so unoriginal, he was going to go full tilt cliche and have her give him the cocoa that was, that was spiked or something, and that he was going to wake up tied to a chair or something like that. Some... some horror movie trope that we've all seen 10 billion oh, times no. and Rob would probably be happy to utilize hey, great. They're back. but she actually gave him regular cocoa it seems like although he does get goofier the character what was it Bill uh, Rain Wilson's character he does get goofier after he he drinks the cocoa he starts making um, Weirder jokes. You really don't have a phone? No. And, uh. I once had one back in 57. But, um. I don't quite remember. See, there's nobody around here. I feel like I'm all flat on that. No more. Darren Black um, actually had a dispute over her salary for the Devil's Rejects. This is somebody who hasn't been relevant for how many decades? And she was offered a role in a mainstream movie. And she got on her high horse about her salary. <laughs> she did a movie for Full Moon around the time, maybe it was a couple years after the fact, called Ooga Booga, that probably had a budget of about 50000 give or take. And I sincerely doubt that she got paid much. Yeah, I'm sorry. One. I'm just messing with you. I'm, I'm sorry. But I can only assume that after this came out, she thought that maybe she was relevant again and that her career was on the upswing. No. No, Karen. No. Well, what about RJ? He was gone before I seen him. Oh. But kind of saw him and said he said he was going down to the yard to get a new wheel. Uh-huh. How long is that gonna take? Mm. Probably be back in a couple hours. Well, a couple of hours? I love how she calls the what? tire a wheel. Who the fuck calls a tire a wheel? <laughs> oh god, that laugh. Please stop. Please stop. Oh, I will pay you. He ain't even got a and because of, again, all of the so obvious in-your-face um, chainsaw rip-offs slash references that are in the movie, I was surprised to read that Toby Hooper really liked this. Maybe he was flattered that somebody ripped just, off this movie so obviously I mean Chainsaw had influenced 
so many grindhouse movies and, and horror movies since its release. I mean, they're, they're, it's still relevant today, and people still pay homage to it. Um, up and coming horror movie writer directors who are you know who grew up on on Chainsaw and movies of the era. They pay homage to it still to this day, but I don't think it's as in your face. Get Grandpa. Um, but yeah, supposedly, according to IMDb, Toby Hooper, Toby Hooper liked this and offered Sherry Moon the role in... Uh, the Toolbox Murders, quote-unquote so remake, <laughs> the in-name only remake, which isn't a great fault. movie either. Well, I mean, Earl wasn't a bad man. He never hit me or nothing like that. One day, he just up and went devil on his off. One thing, what too, happened? that I noticed, well, well mm, tried to burn down the house. it's not he just that... Rob, uh, Rob bullshits about, uh, movies after the fact. Is that why he wears the mask? Yeah. This is the Leatherface ripoff character here. Um, it's not just that he, he, I think Rob has a tendency to try to make himself sound more intelligent and more um, dedicated to making movies than he actually is. Case in point, um, I heard him on a radio show, I think it was on Loveline, way back. Oh, God. Oh, God, I meant to say this about the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders, these five girls, it's October 30th. And it's said that they'd gone missing since December 12th. That is a long time to be keeping these girls tied up like this in this room. And with a case of teenage girls going missing for almost a year, sadly, that's, you know, not, I don't, I don't want to say priority as far as uh, news goes, but I don't think that it would be as prominently spoken about on the news um, if it was almost a year since these girls disappeared. But again, yeah, uh, they've been up in that up. room for almost a year? Okay. Well, I'm buying it. No. So yeah, I, I heard him on Loveline talking about Halloween or Halloween. And uh, he was talking about, you know, the... Uh, uh, exposition of the Michael Myers character that he seemed to be so proud of at that time. And um, Michael, as a little boy, 
and <laughs> he claimed that he did all of this research on uh, child psychology, child psychosis, how children who commit violent crimes are handled or were handled even at that time. Um, how they behave, all this, or, or how the how doctors uh, try to get to them, or you know, not you get to them, but you know, get through to them. Just like all this stuff, like he tried so hard to make himself sound smart. And then when you look at the movie, it is clearly not researched at all. And I don't have a doctorate. <laughs> I'm not a child psychologist, but I. It's been forever since I'd seen Halloween, and I'd like to keep it that way. I don't want to see it again. Oh God! This is so dumb. It's just dumb. I know it's supposed to be avant-garde and quirky. But it's just stupid. They're having dinner and all of a sudden, um, Grandpa turns into George Carlin and starts telling raunchy jokes about performing Cunnilingus and the wife. I uh, no, this is stupid. And then we have uh, Cherry Moon come out and lip sync. But, uh, no. Stop yourself. Anyway. So yeah, I remember watching the Halloween remake and um, all the stuff about uh, with Michael Myers as a child and uh, the things that he had done and the crimes he had committed and what happened when he was in the hospital. And I remember, I, I can't remember because again, it's been hasn't been since the movie first came out that I saw it. Um, so I don't remember all of the inaccuracies as far as child psychology goes. But one of the main things that I remember made no fucking sense and would not happen at all. If you're dealing with a child who committed a brutal murder with a, a, a sharpened implement, is you would not give him a fork to eat with, especially if you're with visitors. No, he would not be eating with a regular metal fork. Which he, of course, uses you know, to, to stab people. I don't, again, I don't remember. And I also remember, <laughs> which made no fucking sense. So much about that movie makes no sense. This was a bit much. Get the fuck off him, you fucking whore, you fucking slut. That's too much. Too much. Yeah, that is. Thank God. I suggest that you kiss me. We're gone. Fuck you. What am I saying? Um. I love you, Mama. I 
Um, oh yeah, the, um, <laughs> the researching stuff. Oh yeah, there, and then, the, then there was a scene where Michael, as an adult, goes back to the scene of the crime, and he finds both the mask and the knife that he used to kill his sister still there. Really? I mean, how fucking dumb do you have to be? Anyway, another thing that I wanted to mention about, you know, Rob uh, claiming to really do his research on his movies. Everybody knows about, or I guess everybody knows about the movie that he wanted to do about the Broad Street Bullies, which if you're from Philly, as I am, Everyone knows about the Broad Street Bullies, the hockey team Flyers, who were uh, not very nice people. So he wanted to make a movie about that, which I guess was a departure from the movies with uh, that he had already been making with all white trash or carmen type characters. Which, by the way, I would really like to know what the characters in this Broad Street Bullies movies would have, how they'd be portrayed. Because, you know, we don't, we don't have those kinds of characters in, in Philly. Um, but yeah, I was listening to, I believe, Eddie Trunk on satellite radio. This was like maybe three couple years I think it was when 31 came out and he was at some event talking with Eddie Trunk who was reporting on whatever the fucking thing was and Rob was talking about writing Broad Street Bullies and how he had never gotten it off was able to get it off the ground was never able to get financing and he was talking about all this research that he did the hours upon hours upon hours of hockey games that he sat through and the time he was in his basement surrounded by all things hockey and all things flyers and that Sherry would come down to see what he was doing and be like oh you're watching a hockey game again wow and I'll never forget this. Eddie Trunk says to him, he said, do you know what song that they played at the beginning of every game? He just went, no. I remember getting a pretty hearty laugh out of that one. So, yeah, you, you really did your research there, buddy. How the hell are you? Listen, Frank, I'm a little worried about Denise. She called me last night from the road near Ruggsville. What's Ruggsville? Spaldings. Yeah, I know the joint. She said she'd be here about 11, but she never showed up. Well, I'll run a check on up there by Spaldings and see if there's any accidents or uh, road closings. It was raining like a son of a bitch here last night. They're probably just stuck in the mud someplace. What is it, the, um... Sheriff or fucking whatever. I guess, um, I think it was Mary, her character, it was her father. 
I guess they were, they must have been close friends because anybody else would have been like, okay, um, she, it was only, shut your mouth. I wonder where they got that line from. Shut your mouth. And I do, you hear, you do hear bitch hog and you do hear dog bitch too. So, I mean, come on. And you got Bill Mosley here. So, but anyway, um, I think anybody, any other sheriff with a saw would have been like, okay, she said she'd be there by 11. It hasn't been that long. Just give her a little more time. Maybe they stopped off somewhere and had a nap or fucking whatever. But immediately he takes it seriously. He calls in reinforcements and sets up like an APB. Like they, they seriously like go and start like questioning people with pictures. I would like to know where they got these pictures from, especially of the guys. Doing what? Messy up your day? Where's Bill? Where's Bill? And how, by the way, too, how are both Bill and Jerry alive after getting beaten, bludgeoned within an inch of their life with baseball bats? Baseball bats to the head. And they're, they're not only alive, but coherent. They know what's going on. There doesn't seem to be any permanent damage. I suppose we have to suspend disbelief here. Oh god, that laugh. I just want to slap her. Such a painful viewing those first couple of times. Let's go see. Behold! Fish boy! I'm gonna get this weird obsession with fish. Um, that guy Ravelli, the one who, um, wears the mask or the pumpkin mask or whatever the fuck it is. Um, when he bursts in during the robbery, 
there is a, a in the trivia section on IMDb. Supposedly, there's a deleted scene where Captain Spaulding hits some kind of alarm that alerts him to come in. I don't know if I believe that or not. Uh, it, it, I could be. It's possible that it could be on the DVD. Extras, deleted scenes. I don't know. But it would not surprise me, Rob, being the giant bullshitter that he is, um, that somebody said to him, or he was he was asked in interview. How you know, did like whatever the fuck his name is, Ravelli, <laughs> know to come in? The the How did he know that that snort? <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Somebody asked him, how did he know to come in? What did you see? And Rob was probably just pulled that out of his ass on the spot. I could be wrong. I don't, I'm not saying I know everything about this movie. And that is intentional, believe me. Mostly a bunch of tired Dr. Satan bullshit. They caught a gander at the display in the back, and they figured they was going to run out and solve the great Deadwood mystery. And how'd they get that idea? I wrote them a map. Now, if Captain oh, Spaulding is in on the whole thing, stop, please, stop the snorting. <laughs> if Captain Spaulding is in on the whole thing, what else? Why Nothing is he telling the police everything? Stupid ass kids probably got themselves turned around ass backwards. Why is he drawing them a map and leading them right to the house where they are? Well, I don't rightly know. See, they wasn't here long enough for me to get up close and personal with them like I do most assholes that come wandering in There's way too many fucking characters in this movie. A lot of them are bad guys, part of the family. Um, I wonder where uh, he got the idea to have a murderous family from. But yeah, there's like the ghouls in the underground area, which is clearly a ripoff of Chainsaw 2. Um, and there are also deleted scenes with more characters that, um, that had to be cut because of, I don't know, supposedly it was too long or something, or they had, they couldn't get an R rating. Here comes Leatherface. Or Tiny, we'll call him, okay.
I wonder if Agatha Crispy's really was a cereal or if he actually made that up because that is kind of clever. I mean, it's so, like, ridiculously clear that this tiny character is modeled after Leatherface. That it's, it's pathetic. that sea life tiger supposed to be matches all it in I wonder if I one of the cheerleaders in this trunk yeah. <laughs> oh yeah the dolls that's like that that's another trope of um horror movie atmosphere. Hey poopy pants, what's new? Listen to how coherent he is. Shut up! After getting uh, beaten in the head. Guess what number I'm thinking of. He shouldn't die. Okay, fine. Um Um, yeah, it, like doll, doll parts and doll heads are for sure like tropes in horror movies to, for atmosphere to make things creepy. And now she's scalping him, and later he's he's okay too. He because he gets in the coffin with with um, whatever the fuck her name is, Jennifer Jocelyn's character. So yeah, he's he's pretty resilient. So he's able to survive getting bludgeoned. With the yes. baseball bat well, and like scout with a razor. Yes, oh no, make the cheerleader. Oh god damn. I got something, Jordy? Yeah. We found something. You can also tell too that a lot of this is taken, this ritualistic type shit is taken from the Manson family trial. And I make them look. Hope you like what you see. 
Hope you like what you see. Uh, just hold on I think, with some exceptions, because I do like Bill Mosley. Uh, you know, who doesn't love Chop Top? But, you know, with a few exceptions, like you know, Sherry Moon and fucking. Um, yeah, I think Sherry Moon. Pretty much the worst. For the most part, everybody does fairly well as far Must as acting him. goes with the material yes, that sir. they're given. And actor is only as leads? good as the script well, we they're providing. And Rob definitely seems like the you know type of Local girl. ego maniacal prick who won't let the actors improvise or change their lives. Yeah, they want to play Nancy People call Dr. Satan. This is insane. Don't you worry about it. We'll find her, all right? My name is Louis Gova, and I know this man, but I, I, I know the truth. You don't have to go to hell. You're in hell. This is This hell. guy reminds this me of the drunk guy in Chainsaw who's rolling on the, on the ground. It's a, things happen here about, they don't tell about. I see things. This guy here was a little more over the top, but I don't know. It was just like the um, the character who is meant to further create a feeling of dread or establish a feeling of dread for either the audience or the characters who don't know any better. I'm, from what I hear, you know, Bill Mosley seems like, or, you know, I, as far as a person, he's, he's supposed to be a pretty nice guy, uh, very personable, he appreciates his fans, and as far as being an actor, 
he seems to me to be the type who puts his all into everything that he does regardless of how good or how bad the script is and it really seems like he's trying but unfortunately for him the material is lacking because my ex-girlfriend almost bit off my pinky toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shh, shh, shh. You hear that? Yeah. Yeah, I hear it. Where do you think it's coming from? Oh, this way. All right, hold on. Hold on one second here. Hold on. Hey, hey! Sheriff's Department, open up. Hey! No, I ain't seen her. Oh, says, I'll tell you everything you need to know. And then it's, no, I ain't seen her. Sorry. And she goes, shut the door. What the fuck is that? Let's stir something up. Ma'am, it'll only take a minute. No, Warren. I guess I can trust you. Being a man of the law and all. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. This is some more Eddie shit that inspired Chainsaw. Oh, this one looks familiar now. Is he on the TV? No, ma'am, I don't believe he is. You're the one who said I love you too. Waddell, over. Waddell, over. And stars that fell like the rain out of the blue. I remember reading something about there. And the angels asked me there was some some kind of something with this scene. there was a lot of toying with it or this I just I'm pretty sure this wasn't the way it was supposed to be originally I think this is definitely another example of, and this, this goes on way too long. Wait, way too long, way too long. I, seriously? He just got shot. Come, come on. Oh, 
yeah, no. I don't, again, I don't know if that was... Okay, I will say this. I do like this scene. I think this is funny. And I think the gum helps her. Well, it for sure helps her delivery. I like that delivery. Great, sorry, Gilbert. The damage is quite severe. $185. That ain't gonna break my bank, honey. Here, keep the change and go get yourself a new name, Goober. Holy dog, I will. Thank you. You all drive safe. Thanks for coming to the house. Okay. It's like the. What does that seem like? A minute? If that. I think that's the only. Yeah, I would say that's the only good scene in the movie. The only scene that I liked. Oh god, now we get back to the laugh. Just put the fucking gum in her mouth again. It helped. It helped her performance. And she wasn't laughing like a fucking idiot. I wonder if the rabbit costume was purely just to make the run rabbit run reference or if there was supposed to be something something deeper behind it. Well, this is a Rob Zombie movie, so depth is not exactly part and parcel. Oh, he's wearing somebody's face. I wonder where they got that idea from. I'm the one who beats you when you're bad. I do remember too reading, and I'd forgotten about this scene until I was watching the movie last night. But I do remember this being one of the more infamous in the movie um, among the horror fans or the fans of the actual movie or people who saw the movie thinking that this was probably the most disturbing scene in the movie is that he's like uh, kissing her and, and trying to make out with her while he's wearing her father's face and I don't think it's so much disturbing as an obvious attempt at trying to be disturbing and edgy it's it's a, tra- a very transparent okay yeah I see what you're going for but you're not it's not working it's all true the boogeyman is real and you found him 
a few somewhat decent lines in the movie. I think I noticed. I don't know where I saw the trailer. I think I saw the trailer somewhere. Where did I see it? Somewhere. I think I listened to a podcast that was doing a review for the movie and I listened to, they had the audio for the trailer. And I noticed that the few decent um, lines are all used in the trailer. Grandpa's in a samurai suit, okay. Grandpa, having a grandpa character too. I wonder where they got that idea from. beat in the head and scalped and he's still coherent he's still able to beg for his life I don't. Run, rabbit, run. Run, rabbit. Run, rabbit, run. 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 Run, footage I just I just think it is it's another way of making the movie look like a music video which I think this was the movie that pretty much everybody agreed looked more like a music video than an actual She's reciting. <laughs> Sit on my tail and go with me to my rabbit hatch. What is that? 
What the hell is that? The dust in the hole. listen because I want to hear what actually kills Jerry if a baseball bat and a scalping doesn't what actually doesn't mean Still alive in the coffin, okay. Now there's three ghouls here, more characters. Jerry's about to die now. Oh, now we're back at the house. You know, I don't know where I heard this from, but I heard that uh, Rob met Rob met Chris Hardwick um, when Chris was do was you know doing singled out, and they became friends, and that's how Chris got the role in the movie. Another goal. 
Brooks are for costume. Okay. Is Jerry dead? I don't know what is happening. Another thing that I think it's this guy here with the beard. If I'm not mistaken. But there's I believe it's during this sequence where somebody one one of the one of the villains one of the 250 villains is swinging an axe at her and he couldn't see very well and it was a real axe and i think rob said during the it was on the commentary on the dvd this was i remember this was a trivia that you know they just assumed that she'd get out of the way Oh, yeah, smart. What if he cut her fucking head off? And I still don't know what happened to Jerry. Taking a um, taking a huge chance. Um, oh my god, I kind of snorted there. I am taking a huge chance by doing a commentary on this movie and not doing a very flattering one at that because I know that I know I don't understand why or how, but I know that there are some very hardcore Rob Zombie fans and fans of the move this movie who will probably if they listen to this send me some hate mail. A chandelier made of bone. Gee, I wonder where they got that idea from. in a muscle. Who the fuck are these people? There's Jerry, still not dead. Why an oxygen mask? Why? Why? Another ghoul. I think it's him. This I think this is the part. <laughs> <laughs> 
where he swings the axe. Yeah, the red eyes. That must be what it is. He couldn't see through the red eyes. So the yeah it it go it breaks through the door. Okay. And that was a real axe. Good. Mm. So you could have killed somebody. And if I, you know, you know how much trouble he could have and probably should have gotten in for that. Corridors and dim passageways and tunnels and stairs and dead ends. A very uh, Chainsaw 2 like environment. He had red eyes and a gas mask. Okay. And they and they put a real axe in his hand. It's good. I remember during the scene when the support when he hits the support beam and. Uh, the ceiling starts to collapse. All I kept hearing in my head was Dennis Hopper going, I'm bringing it down. Bringing it all down. Now, what the fuck is this supposed to be? Because this is a seems to be very ceremonious this or ritualistic oh I think I I think I talked over that whole scene where they put the the other girl in the, in the fire and uh, I think it was Otis was reading some kind of passage but it was, I, I don't know. It seemed like a cross between a funeral, pers not procession, a funeral 
ritual, I guess, or some kind of sacrificial something, but I'm not exactly 100% sure. I think Rob is probably like, yeah, let's just throw this in here. It'll look cool. But what is it supposed to mean? Oh, nobody's going to care. Just put it in and it'll look cool. Now, who the hell was that? Oh, I'm guessing there was another scene that I was talking over, but I can't believe he actually did the exact same thing from Halloween where the, they have the, uh, the, uh, the title or whatever come, come up on the screen that says October 31st and then beneath it, Halloween. He's... He's really not shy at all about his, his rip-offs. They are very much in your face. She sounds a little too coherent. And nobody who has survived what she is supposed to have survived would say, I gotta get to a doctor. Especially not in a voice as clear as that, but they would say, please help me, I need help. Not, I gotta get to a doctor. But of course he had to put that in as a reference to his dumbass Dr. Satan character. So we could go back to Dr. Satan's lab. And the, so the soldier bull who was dead is now not okay the end question mark fuck off stupid ass movie okay yeah i think i <laughs> i think i liked it less well i didn't really like it last night but i think my I'm going back to the way I originally thought to my original feelings of this nonsense. Oh Christ. So that was was thankfully House of a Thousand Corpses. And if you made it through to the very end, thanks. I appreciate the company. Hope you appreciated the company just as much. So, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up and try to 
put on something somewhat decent so that I could just cleanse my palate because I feel so grimy, not in a good way. But thanks for joining me, and until next time, pleasant dreams.